the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life of Influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com. You were made to think big, too big, But tomorrow can be bigger Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah Live a life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness Live a life bigger than yourself Tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message. You may not be able to cry at Jesus' feet. But as we serve one another, we are serving the body, the feet, the hands of Jesus Christ. Every Sunday when I stand behind this pulpit, these are my tears coming out. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for an opportunity to use my gift to to help solve a problem, meet a need, God, in your body. It was her way of saying thank you. Her way of saying, Lord, you thought I was worth saving. Lord, you thought I was worth keeping. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone. I know if I could sing, I'd get that done, but that's Arthur's. I got to stay in my lane. But it's her way of saying thank you. In everything we do, one for, and they say, I can't help Jesus, literally. He's at the right hand of the Father. But you're the only Jesus I see. So the way I thank him, the way I cry on his feet is by finding a way to be a blessing to you. And she wiped them with the hair of her head before she could even open her bottle. 
Her tears just began to drip on his dusty feet, and without reserve, she used her own hair. This is a woman's pride as a towel. When you truly have a grateful heart, nothing's off limits for the Savior. And she didn't stop there. I mean, this is a woman's pride, her hair. It says she didn't kiss his lips. He wasn't one of her johns. She kissed his feet. The Greek there indicates that she did this over and over and over. Literally, she was kissing his feet. Now, to all the Pharisees and everyone in the room, this wasn't a good look. How many of y'all know that? But what's important is Jesus did not turn around to stop her. This, this was quite scandalous for the young preacher to have this beautiful woman crying her hair loose. Come on, you don't do that in public. Kissing on his feet. But this is, this is showing us a whole lot about worship. We don't worship to be cute. We worship because he's worthy. He's worthy of every snot bubble that comes out my nose. He's worthy of every step I take, every hand I lift, and every emotion, every tear I might cry. I'm not worshiping to look good to you. I'm worshiping because what he did for me. And that's what that moment's all about. She's kissing his feet, and then she opens up a tool of her trade, this very, very expensive oil. And the feet that had been neglected, she treats with the greatest care. She anointed them with the fragrant oil. This was the, the fragrance that her customers remembered her by. Perhaps it was a perfume that was quite familiar to many of the men sitting around that table and religious leaders in their room. And I'm not being mean, I've I, I read, and, and, and these guys did some things. And probably as she's releasing her hair, crying on her feet, kissing them. The Bible doesn't say this, but, but I'm pretty sure there were some women in there rolling their eyes. And Simon noted every detail. Now when the Pharisee, Simon, who had invited him, saw this, he starts speaking under his breath. He spoke to himself. Instead of rejoicing at the woman's repentance... He can only think about her mistakes. <laughs> See, you may, have, you may have known what someone has done, but that's not the same as knowing their story. And you might know some facts about someone, but you don't know their story. You know, I, I can judge the deed, but I can't judge you. Because some people do some crazy stuff. I don't know why they do it. And I can say what you did was wrong, but I can never say you ain't worth nothing. I can't ever say you don't have no value and you're irredeemable. That's judging. That's evil. We can call deeds wrong, but we can never call people invaluable, insignificant, unimportant, and, and write them off. Because folks will turn around and surprise you. Because God will take the worst and the least and bring them right up to the front and make them the best in our leaders. Well, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who in what manner a woman this is who's touching him. He was saying if, if Jesus was really a man of God. He would turn around and rebuke this foul woman for touching his righteous feet. Then it goes on and says, for she is a sinner. But here's the fact. Everyone in the room except Jesus was a sinner. 
The problem was only the prostitute realized it. Let me tell you, the hardest people you're ever going to reach is good people. It's not the prostitute. It's the folks that think they've lived morally good lives. Those are the folks that it's tough to break through. And Jesus answered. He read this guy's mail, demonstrating he was at least a prophet. You said if he was a prophet, he said, listen, I'm going to show you prophet here. And he said to Simon, he said, uh, Simon, I have something to say to you. He, but but I, I, know, I know Jesus, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I know he just, every, the, the room, man, you could cut the atmosphere with a knife, man. It's, it's a little tense. This woman's on his feet and everyone's like, ah, you know, what's going on and, and, and why is he allowing this? And people are getting upset and mad. I just think he let it sit there for a moment. And people are watching the cry and, and he's just watching everybody in the room. And then he breaks that awkward silence. He says, Simon, let's talk. What I want you to see here, because people do some bad things. We read narratives like this, and we, we forget that God cared for the Pharisee as much as he cared for the prostitute. And what some people do, they go to extremes and they start being uber critical church people and criticize church people. And then they criticize the church people for being so critical of the folks that don't go to church. But by doing so, they're, they're basically being hypocritical because they're doing the same thing of the people they judge it. My Bible tells me God is not willing that any should perish. The bad and the better. Who wants to receive the award for being the best person ever to go to hell? God's not willing that any should perish, but that all the Pharisees, the prostitutes, should come to repentance. God loves the church kids as much as the street kids, the housewife as much as the prostitute, the preacher as much as the pimp. A lot of open season on passes, but God loves that man, that woman. You hear what I'm saying? As much as anybody else. Stay with me. So he responds. And Simon says, uh, teacher, which is respectful. And this, this is a hint that, you know what, he's, he's open. He's trying to learn here. He says, teacher, say it. This Pharisee was conflicted. But under it all, he was still trying to, to understand. And we're complicated. And sometimes we're not as it seems on the surface. But I believe that Jesus accepted this invitation, not just to sit with people that opposed him. It was to reach Simon in particular. And he read him obviously right, though on the surface, because of the disrespect, you can see that he was conflicted. And he didn't want anyone to think that he was showing this this young upstart rabbi, preacher, whatever you want to call uh, what they thought of Jesus at that time. He didn't want to make anyone think that, you know, he was on his side or he was, you know, supporting him in any way. So he was you know, protecting himself, his reputation. So he didn't give him all the, the honors. But there's something in his heart drawing him saying, man, this guy is saying something. There's something more to this guy than, than what folks are saying about him. And, and here's the deal. When you, you're sincerely looking for answers, God will provide them. And deep down inside, this guy was looking for answers. And, and some people we write off. Because of, you know, the way they carry themselves and, and all the rest. And, and you'd write him off. He's a Pharisee. You'd write him off. But Jesus saw deeper. And people, again, that you want to write off, be careful about that. 
because you don't know what's going on in the heart. Begin to ask God, Lord, show me what's going on in this person, how to respond. And, and, and some people you should leave alone because they, you know, they, they're not open. And you just, you know, give them a chance or two and then, you know, ah, okay, I hear you. Maybe another time. But here, Jesus obviously called it right. Verse 41. So Jesus begins to answer the conundrum that this Pharisee is in. And he explains it this way. He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. Jesus understood sin differently than we do today. And he used an illustration of lending and borrowing to illustrate the proper perspective of it. You see, each of us will one day return our rentals back to the lending company and give an account for every mile, every dent and every ding we put into that vehicle, our instrument. And he goes on, and he's talking about these two debtors, and he says, one owed 500 denarii, and the other 50. One owed 10 times more. And there may be people with sins 10 times worse than your own, but that doesn't mean you don't have your own. Pay attention. We may have different amounts of debt, but we still have one thing in common. We all owe a debt we cannot pay. So Jesus driving this point home said, now, now, Simon, you may not be as bad as the prostitute, but there is some bad in there. You have fallen short. There are some very serious issues that need to be tended. But watch verse 42. And when they had nothing with which to repay, meaning both owed the one with 50 and the one that owned 500, neither of them had the capacity to correct it and make the debt right. And here's the deal. When push comes to shove, we cannot repay God for one day of allowing us to think with our own minds. We could never repay God for one day of just existing, one day of just breathing. We will all stand defenseless in front of a holy God that lent us this thing called life. We keep talking about my life. No, baby, it's been loaned to you. And it can be taken back at any time. The only reason Jesus came to pay a debt he didn't owe, he didn't owe, he wasn't a sinner, was because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. He's like, you guys can't pay, so I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to pay it for you. And when he went to the cross, it's like when we go and get that rental, it was our collision damage waiver. It was our personal accident insurance. That he paid for and he wants to totally cover you but when you stand before the father that you have nothing more to pay the bumps the bruises everything on that road is totally covered by his blood and because of his name it says he freely again both men owed him one more than the other but he freely forgave them both by the way, one just had a scratch on the door. The other, the, the whole front end was knocked out. How many of y'all have had the front end knocked out of your life? Yeah. Yeah. Few of us, very few of us had that scratch on the door, okay? So he said, the creditor freely forgave both individuals. Then he, said, he posed a question. And this is the best way to learn when someone asks questions. Jesus was a great teacher. He said, Simon, I'm not just going to give you a speech. I'm going to ask you a question. Tell me, Simon. Therefore... 
Which one of these two, the one that owed 50 or the one that owed 500, which one of them will love the creditor more? This was Jesus' whole point. Simon answered and said, well, I know what I'm stepping into, but I suppose the one whom he forgave more. You see, the more we realize our debt, the more we appreciate God's mercy. And it's not that we try to get forgiven of more so that we can love more. Just the reality is we all have different events and we've all done different things. And whether it is, you know, you screwed up for just five minutes or for five million years, the point is you have fallen short. I've used this illustration before, but if I had to jump a cliff or if I was one of those kids that jumped buildings in in New York where, you know, I I grew up and uh, I grew outside the city, but we'd go in and do stupid things. Here's the deal. If you miss the other building by an inch, you were just as dead as if you missed it by 10 feet. So some of y'all like, well, I'm better than you, but you're dead. I got further than you, but you're dead. We were all dead in our trespasses and sins. We all missed the mark. You're not in competition with me. Just because you're better than me doesn't mean anything for you. You're dead. And then Jesus responded. And notice the kindness he showed to a man that didn't wash his feet. Didn't show him proper respect. And all we got to do is someone not smile at us when we come into, oh, God, but watch, okay. And Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman. So he turned back. He hadn't looked at the woman not one time. So this is not a, a weird. Jesus is looking at the guys and, and it, it almost appeared that he was ignoring what she was doing with his feet. Finally, he turns to the woman and he speaks to Simon. He said, Simon, do you see this woman? The problem was Simon could not see the woman. He can only see her sin. He can only see her problem. He can only see her issue. And what happens with us, we stop seeing the person. We just see the issue. We just see the problem. And he was stuck. He said, Simon, I need to teach you something. Do you see that woman? Do you see a person underneath the thing that she's famous for? Do you you see a human being there? He said, Simon, I entered your house and you're all spirits. You're a great Pharisee. You're one of the moral leaders of the nation. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she wouldn't allow that injustice to stay unaddressed. But she washed my feet with her tears. And as if that was not enough, she wiped them with the very hair of her head. Here's the deal. If you really love God, you'll find ways to show it. In fact, you'll look for ways to show it. He said, Simon, You think this woman's less than you. You call her a sinner. You think that you're in a a higher category. Here's the deal. Simon, when I walked in the door, you were so concerned about your reputation, you didn't even give me a kiss. Now, a kiss on the cheek, this was not a weird thing, by the way, was a customary greeting between friends in the Middle East. But he was, you know what, he didn't wash his feet. He didn't even greet him because he didn't want anyone to too closely associate himself. So I guess as far as his Pharisees' friends were concerned, he was telling, well, I want to trap this Jesus and I'm going to find out who he really is. So that was the motivation. At least he told people. 
But on the inside, there's obviously a hunger. And, you know, we, we, we put on facades for others and, you know, we talk a good game. But on the inside, he, he was hungry for God. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. And guess what? She didn't care what anybody said or if anybody was watching. You were protecting your reputation. But this woman, y'all, y'all know how they, she was being glared at and how, how the ladies were talking under their breath. And, and, you know, looks can kill. And let me tell you something. In those cultures where they wear veils, they know how to speak with those eyes. Oh, they could speak. And I'll tell you, boy, those ladies were speaking to that woman when she was touching Jesus' feet with their eyes. But she did not care. She was going to tend to the need of her master. She said, you did not anoint my head with oil, which would have been customary, particularly for someone who's traveled a, a long way. But this woman has anointed my feet. I mean, you wouldn't even honor my head. This woman anointed my feet with the most fragrant oil. She was willing to pour out her best because Jesus accepted her worst. Why am I always, why are so many of us always trying to give him our best? Because he accepted our worst. And it's, it's our way of saying thank you. That's why we get up when we don't feel like getting up. That's when we, why we smile and we don't feel like smiling. That's, that's why we do the things we don't always feel like doing because, I mean, at our worst, he embraced us. So the best I could do is give him my best. And, and even my best is not enough. But what's amazing is he gives me kudos and data boys when I do my best as if I really did something for him. It's amazing. The grace and the mindset of God. Watch this, Jesus, because people now, they worship a different Jesus. I'm very particular about worshiping the Jesus of the Bible. So watch the Jesus of the Bible, how he handles this. He says, therefore, I say to you, her sins. Notice Jesus full of mercy still calls sin, sin. I don't know of a Jesus that doesn't call sin, sin. In fact, if there are no sins, there's no need for him to go to the cross. If, if there's no, no sins, redemption makes no sense. If there's no hell as a consequence of sin, why would Jesus suffer that way? It makes no sense. He said, therefore, I say to you, her sins. Meaning he didn't say that woman didn't sin. He called it that she sinned. She's called by any other name still stinks. You call it what you want. He said, her sins are real. But here's the deal. They're forgiven. So he doesn't say it's not a sin. He just forgives you. And releases you for the penalty of the sin. Her sins are forgiven for she loved much. Now, she was not forgiven because of her great love. Her great love came as a result of her forgiveness. But watch this. He, he's talking to the Pharisee. But whom little is forgiven. This is why some people don't understand. Paul called himself the worst of sinners. It was amazing uh, in that, I believe it was the same epistle. He said, as touching the law, he was blameless. No, that was Second Corinthians, a different epistle. So in terms of his morality, he was exceptional compared to other people in his outward morality. He was incredible. But he said he was the worst of sinners, meaning you can outwardly do everything just right. But on the inside, be a complete mess. So he's speaking to this Pharisee. 
who on the outside, man, his phylacteries were just right. And, and he prayed at the right times and he got up at the right times. He didn't touch certain things, didn't eat certain things, didn't go certain places, wouldn't be around certain people. And, and he, he memorized the Bible. He did all of these things. And what it did, though, was create a level of self-righteousness. And this is the caution. Now, when people go to these extremes, we talk about grace. So, so then there's, there's no duty anymore and there's no right living. And all. That's, that's not the gospel message. And, and that's why we're reading through the Bible to help us with it. Some people, you know, what are these seven discipleship points? That means I got to do something, you know? Yes. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit CanILiveBig.com today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.